Thank you to everyone that listens to the show. Hope you're all doing well. Strap in, enjoy the ride. Let's talk about Gundam. <laughs> this, I got the nod of approval. That's awesome. Okay, Ron Burgundy. <laughs> all right. Do you want to read a synopsis for it? No. No? Just no. straight up? Yeah. All right. Making its theatrical debut on March 12, 1988, Char's counterattack is a culmination of the original saga begun in Mobile Suit Gundam and continued through Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam and Mobile Suit Gundam ZZ, marking the final conflict of the 14-year rivalry between the characters Amuro Ray and Char Aznable. In addition to being the first original Gundam theatrical release, Char's counterattack was also the first Gundam production to make use of computer graphics during a five-second shot of the Sweetwater Colony rotating in space, being made at Toyo Lynx. Char's counterattack was released in America on DVD on August 20th, 2002, and was broadcast on January 4th, 2003 in Adult Swim. This is a couple of Average Joe's review of Mobile Suit Gundam Char's counterattack 40th anniversary, although technically it's 30th anniversary. Well, of the film, yeah, but not of, but of total for Mobile Suit Gundam. It's the 40th anniversary. So, yeah. Okay. So, because of a lack of options this week at the movie theaters, we decided to go, well, no, not we. You decided to go that you wanted to see this movie, and I was on board for it because I, I didn't really want to see Queen and Slim. I, you know, I, I like the actor in it, you know, Daniel Kaluuya, but I, I just, I don't know. There was something about that movie I just didn't really care. Like, it just seemed like a been there, done that kind of movie. So, I was perfectly fine. I couldn't even think of anything else really worth seeing that's that's out right now that we haven't already seen. So, you know what? I'm like, hey, let's have a nice little change up. I've never seen an anime film on the big screen. So, you know what? Let's do it. So, like an idiot, I put off doing research on Gundam because at first I didn't even know it was called Mobile Suit Gundam. I thought it was just called Gundam. And so, I'm looking it up and I, I didn't, I just kept putting off for some dumbass reason because I'm a procrastinator. And I finally look it up while we're at the movie theater about to go in. <laughs> so, and there's just way too much information. There's just so much shit. I, there are so many spinoff shows and precursors to this film and just all this other stuff. Oh my God. It's like this, this series has made like over $5 billion since its inception. This thing, it's huge. And I know, I know next to nothing about it. So we go into, I go to this movie almost completely blind. And all I just hear is, oh yeah, there's just, there's a lot of political stuff <laughs> and, and there's big, big robot, sh- you know, suits and that's it. Right. Much, yeah. So we go into the movie and we, 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 we miss the intro sequence, whatever happens there. You know, we maybe miss like the first, like, I don't know, five minutes or something. I don't know. I don't know how long the previews were before the movie. This is what happens. Uh, so in UC0093, which is, uh, I guess it's universal calendar. Char Aznable has returned to lead Neo Zeon. As the film opens, Char's forces have arranged to drop the asteroid Fifth Luna on the Earth. Special Task Force Londo Bell, whose members include veteran soldiers Amuro Ray and Bright Noah, attempt to prevent the catastrophe, but Char is successful and the asteroid crashes into Lhasa, Tibet. And that's when we walked in. Yeah, we were walking in during that whole scene. So I think maybe we missed maybe the first couple minutes, if that. Right. So, uh, yeah, it just, look, man, I, I am not entirely qualified to do a review on this film because I, I don't know anything about it and I'm not used to watching anime films very often, but I still saw it. You you watched, uh, what was that? You watched fucking Attack on Titan? Attack on Titan. Yeah, but that was live action. You know, I didn't you ever see the anime? 
I, yeah, I watched the first season. I haven't gone back to it for some reason. I, maybe those movies were so sucky that they it just <laughs> I just lost interest. I think it, you know what it was with that. Without going too far into it, is the, it just went too extreme with the characters. I like it was already unbelievable enough, but it was cool, and then it just got to this other level by the end of that first season, and it was just too much for me. I just like okay, that's too much. Whatever. So yeah, I didn't go back to it. But I will say this before I get into all the negatives I have about this movie. This is a good movie. It's entertaining. It's well done to a certain point. But when it when it came from a storytelling perspective, that's what really got me the most. That that, that like you know turned. I don't want to say turned me off, but it, it just it left me in a state of confusion. And this isn't the first anime I've watched that did this. That that has done this. Now I am assuming that a lot of animes are done this way where the way the, the the way the storytelling is there's a lot of room left for interpretation or assumption and so when i'm following the story it's hard to follow the story because it's jumping around between these characters and sometimes uh, there's a connection between the scenes but sometimes there just doesn't seem to be as strong a connection i can also tell that even though i hadn't seen the previous series that set up this film i could i could just tell that that confusion was probably throughout the whole series as well probably you know because that's how uh, anime is you know um that that's just the way they tell stories over there and you know what i mean i guess it could be fine for some people but for me i don't want to be confused the entire time i'm watching a film who's that guy why is this happening you know and i had to take some considerations when it came to you know me not knowing anything and going into this film you know so it's it's very difficult to try and just yeah break this whole film down because it's it's difficult it really is so not that difficult for me it was i i don't you know i will say though that this was it was i was entertained from start to finish you know even when i was confused i enjoyed the the action with the film i enjoyed the you know the animation which is very very similar to anime of that time period. You know, it reminded me of certain scenes from Transformers when I watched it on TV, you know, with the human characters and and uh especially Voltron, you know, the space Voltron and the and even the the um, you know, the line Voltron. I, I I'm sorry, I always I don't know what they're exactly called because I'm stupid, but anyway. Cars and lions. Okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page. Good. So, you know, it, it, the anime is, 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 it's, it's good. It's good for that time period, you know, and, and, and I like the, uh, the, the use of CG effect, which that shot was more than five seconds long when it showed the rotating station, but whatever. I was confused about characters, you know, this Kessa character for one, she comes in. Kess. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. She comes in and I thought that she had already been like this long established character and she's not. She only showed up in this film apparently when I did some research on the film afterwards and She's important, but like her character, when her, you know, spoiler alert, hey, the movie's been out 30 years. You haven't seen it. That's your freaking problem. But when her character dies near the end, it didn't seem like, it, it almost felt like the way it was portrayed, I wouldn't have doubted if she didn't die, even though her ship exploded. Like, it just felt anticlimactic. Like, it wasn't supposed to happen there or something. It was weird. It, and then just like the ending, the ambiguous ending where you don't know if these two rivals died together or not it doesn't show you it and what i read doesn't ever tell you if they did or not either it's like what what the fuck happened i i do it seems like ambiguity is a major part of the storytelling with this because they don't explain everything and i'm sorry i've been catered to for so long in my life over here in america but i'm used to most things being explained 
So I get confused when it comes to endings like this film had, you know, did they live? Did they die? What, what the fuck happened? And then, then afterwards, when we're watching the, um, the 40th anniversary interview with the director and he's, uh, he's talking about his motivations for why he did the film the way he did and, and, and bringing it back and all, you know, bring it back to, you know, American audiences and all this stuff. He doesn't fully explain his, his motivations for why he did certain things and why they, you know, it's like he he's like intentionally like like that's just part of his persona is that he's ambiguous as well. So it makes sense, I guess, from a certain perspective that of how he tells his stories. But it still bugged the shit out of me because when I'm done, I'm I'm just like, what? I don't know what happened. I felt so dumb when it was over. But after saying all of that, I still entered. I still enjoyed the film. I and that's that's good storytelling. Or I'm sorry, that's good filmmaking. I don't want to say storytelling. It's good filmmaking when, even though I'm confused almost the entire time, I'm still entertained by it, and I still enjoyed it, and it actually made me want to go back and watch the previous uh, Mobile Suit Gundams that had been made, and I and I looked, I spent, I spent time, I spent time looking, I looked on Crunchyroll, I looked on Tubi, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, everywhere trying to find them, and all I could ever find was was stuff that was from the 90s or later. I could not find the original stuff. Apparently, the original stuff is only available over here on um, uh, DVD and Blu-ray. That's it. So you have to buy this shit to watch it, and I and, I, and that that bugs me because for for a um, for a uh, series that's this popular worldwide, why aren't they taking advantage of all the streaming that's going on over here? And, 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 you know, posting this for, for younger generations that are into anime to get them into it, you know? Probably rights. Yeah, it's got, it's got to probably definitely be rights. Like companies going out of business and stuff like that. And By the way, Amuro is dead. Oh, when did he die? During that. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm mixing him up with someone else. Okay. During Char's counterattack. Although it says the fates of both Amuro and Char are not revealed in the film. Amuro is uh, killed. Yeah, because they never show him again, ever. Like, he never pops up in anything else again, I don't think. In the novelization of Gundam, Amuro's a, mer- a member of the Federation in the start. In this version, Amuro's killed in the final attack against the Zeonic stronghold of Abawaku. <laughs> I can't pronounce that. Yeah. Abawaku. And his RX-78-3 is pierced through the torso by a Rick Dom's beam bazooka. And then his only other appearances are in the forms of like cameos in Mobile Suit and Gundam Unicorn in the form of a photo portrait on the wall of Captain Bright Noah's office on board his vessel, the Rye Callum, or Calum, uh, as seen by Lieutenant Rita, Rita, I guess that's how it is, Rita Marcanus, during OVA-4 at the bottom of the gravity well. Although Amuro makes no other appearances in Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn, he is referenced by several characters in the 2001 CGI short Green Divers. Shows that Amuro fought in his own Zeta Gundam marked by his signature A logo and painted in pure white with patches of bluish. In the final OVA for Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn, the voice of Amuro can be heard as he speaks to Char as they depart along the Lalas, uh, along with Lalasoon's spirit from the now dead body of uh, Full Frontal. Amuro is also said to have piloted the MSZ-006A1 prototype in the Z-Plus series. Anyways, uh, let's see here. He appears in the manga, Mobile Suit vs. Giant God of Legend, and is a recurring character in the Gundam video games. So, he, he supposedly, he dies after Char's counterattack. Yeah, and then that's only in the manga, so it doesn't even ever, like like um, in the cartoons, the, the anime, they never show it. They never, you know, he's, ne- he's just occasionally mentioned, but he's never 
you know, which or, means he's gone. He's dead. Yeah. You know what? I th- and then that look, it's just odd to me. Like he's a popular character in this series, but yet it seems like he's just almost forgotten in a way. It's just odd to me. I I, I know that's just the way they. I guess that's just the way they 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 do things over in Japan. But it's just over here. It normally would be done differently. And so I I don't know. I, I have to watch more anime to I guess to get used to that kind of different that deviation. You know. So that, but I'll tell you what, that this movie, uh, there was some, f- you know, like little funny things here and there, the overreactions to, to, to the female, female characters. It was always funny when they watched the, when the female characters always, they, they get overdramatic about things like the, when Kiss was just all over the place with who she was attracted to, you know, how she switched from Amoro to, to, uh, to Char and then how he's manipulating her. But then when he was manipulating her, it was, it felt like I was being manipulated as well because I didn't know if, if for most of the time I thought that he was into her and then all of a sudden find out that he's not into her. And I don't know. I mean, maybe that's clever writing or, or what, or maybe I'm stupid. I don't know. I, I'm still, I'm confused talking about it. it. I just don't know, you know? And also like, like her character, like would just change so quickly. Like she's bipolar or something where she would just, one moment she's all nice and cool and out of nowhere, she just turns into raging bitch, you know, and, and becomes completely irrational. It, it was just odd to me. I, the, the, the way the characters acted at times, especially Kess's, was just, it just threw me off. That's because she, she, okay, so she's manipulated by Char's philosophy, leaves the colony with him. And uh, yeah, that, that, the, the writing on that character is weird. And this is one of my problems with, with the movie is that it jumps all over the place with her mm-hmm. and she's easily just manipulated into following one, one tenant or the other. Yeah. And, and like, I love him. And then going off on someone and I love him and yeah. you need to get rid of her. And she's, well, she's fucking crazy. Yeah. Okay. A furious battle between London Bell, the Federation, and Neo Zeon erupts. Kess descends into madness and violence while piloting the psycho-framed, equipped mobile armor Alpha Azeru. That's that big, weird-looking uh, ship. Yeah. And that doesn't look like a mobile suit. It looks like a cocoon. Mm-hmm. Hathaway steals a mobile suit and futilely tries to convince Kess to stop fighting and come with him. Chan kills Kess to protect Hathaway from the girl's insane attacks, but is herself killed by Hathaway in a rage over Kess's death. Amuro and Char duel in their psycho frame, and we know the rest of that. And it just, it didn't even seem like, she, at that moment, it didn't even seem like, it was just weird. I, yeah, I don't, it was hard to explain. Yeah, I, they don't do very well at that linear storylines when it comes to relationships and whatnot. Yeah. So you have, you know, Cass becomes smitten with Amuro after she meets him like once and then she becomes, and then Hathaway develops a crush on her, on on Cass, you know, after he meets her once. Yeah. You know. And then like, uh, and then the girl that, that was into uh, Amuro that wasn't Cass, you know, um, when uh, Kes was like accusing her of stealing her man or some shit, right? It was just out of nowhere. It was like, what the fuck is? I, 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 I yeah. It, to me, it felt like this was like a carryover and storyline from previous, like the previous series or something, and it's not. Right. When I read the when I read about the film, there is this never happened before because she's a new character. So I, yeah, it, it's just well, and it's also adapted from a book. Mm-hmm. So it's adapted from Char's counterattack, High Streamer. All the stuff that happens in that book is uh, is something that yeah, who knows. Yeah. So, but still, I, I still enjoyed it, and I do want to go back and watch the original, you know, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam, just so I can understand it more. But her name is Kes Pariah, so uh-huh. that, that will tell you everything you need to know about the name. <laughs> you know, Pariah. Yeah. Kesu. 
uh, fictional character. She's a spoiled daughter of the Earth Federation minister, Adenauer Pariah. Yeah. And even the political stuff just seemed odd, too, the way it was portrayed. I, I just, I don't know. It, that, that's a tough one. But I, like I said, I'm still interested. So go figure. Yeah. It's in, it's it's doing its job. It's designed to uh, pull you in and find out more and more about this whole universe and whatnot. Yeah. So I, I do recommend seeing this, but uh, if you can, try to <laughs> try to find the, I don't know, a used set of mobile Gundam so you can watch it beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so uh, Kess is uh, basically self- selfish, stubborn, emotionally sensitive. She's sociopathic. Uh, she's manipulative. She's naive. She's obsessed. You know, love obsessed or whatever you want to like call it. Like a teenager. It. Yeah. And uh, she fell madly in love with Amuro Ray and often shows her affection to him. She's self-aware of her own beauty and tries to manipulate po- people by her charms. She gets easily upset when they don't work. It's because of her natural charm with people that she also received the unrequited affection of Hathaway Noah. Because she's still young, she only cares about things relevant to herself. She's taken in by Char to train her as an MS pilot. She is completely enthralled by Char and ironically manipulated herself to aid the Zionic movement. That's really about it. It was just odd how quickly she got flipped. It was... Yeah, anyway, I mean... Yeah, in the novelization, it was Hathaway who accidentally kills her. She is killed when she uses the Alpha A0 to defend Char Aznable in the MSN 411 Nightingale from a beam rifle shot fired by Hathaway in a stolen mobile suit. The event caused Hathaway to create his anti-Federation terrorist group, uh, Mufti, later in mobile suit Gundam Hathaway's Flash. In Evolve, in the animated feature Gundam Evolve 5, an alternate battle between Cass and Amuro leaves Cass alive and sane. She was last seen going to find Hathaway, whether Tomino intended this to officially replace her fate in the movie is unknown, but it clearly took place in the movie because Amuro pilots the RX-93V Gundam and not the rx 93 Two HIV <laughs> Gundam is in the novel. Okay, whatever. This is too many numbers and letters, man. Yeah. So, and then you have all these, you know, the illustrated versions. So you have two different versions of that Gundam battle, but I go with the original one. Yeah. That's what the director wanted. And you just, you, you take it from there. But if it pulls you in, if this movie pulls you in, it did its job. It's in, in what it's designed to do yeah. as, you know, one of the few early Gundam movies, yeah. not necessarily, you know, hey, episodic. Like I said, series. with all of those detractors, and I'm still interested. That, yeah. That, yeah. Good job. The Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer came out. And you uh, you shared that to me. That shit popped up out of nowhere, didn't it? So did James Bond and so did Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, James Bond, I liked it for the most... Well, I like the action scenes, but I got some... I got some problems with like new characters and stuff man i i just how can you have problems with anything in a trailer because you makes no sense because a trailer is presented in a way that gives you an impression and my impression is it, it seems like almost I, I i get i get the impression that the that there's a political agenda with the film when there's it, a political agenda with every bond film that's silly. I just, like I said, I, I don't, I don't understand. And it's not just you. I don't understand how anybody could have an issue with the trailer in terms of it being a teaser trailer for a movie that's not going to even see the light of day for a fucking year. We don't know anything about the movie. We don't know anything that's going on other than just as a couple of action scenes and a motorcycle thing and Rami Malek is in it. Just to see someone who uh, 
they give a give a character his title, you know, his uh, his mon- whatever whatever you call it, you know, his his uh, his number, right? Because he's semi retired or some shit. And then she talks down to him like he's stupid or something. That bothers me. That he's James fucking Bond. He has established himself. And for, why are you yelling? I I, I I don't know. I don't. I'm not intentionally trying to yell. I'm just getting a and little. And in passionate. the trailer, she he said you're another double O, and she said yes. No, she she talks down to him, and and you know, it just I just didn't like it. I just don't. World's moved on, Commander Bond. You were double O. Two years. So stay in your lane. You get in my way. I will put a bullet in your knee. So you had a problem with that? What? The one that works. I'll shoot you in the knee, the one that works. Yeah, because he's got a bad knee. That was a reference to him being injured at some point during the movie. No, I, I, I see where you're getting at with that. I don't I like I I thought for the trailer that was kind of useless to put in there as kind of a you know, to have a rival. Yeah. You know. You didn't need to do that. You're trying to establish Bond back, and you just want to give us a quick tease of what's going on. And you could have you could have said, or you know, you know, stay out of my way type of thing. Yeah, that's fine. You know, are you a double O type of thing? That's fine. But yeah, you know, I mean, you didn't need to throw in the other quips because we don't know we don't know the context of her saying what she said. You know, in terms of the. Of, of what's going on in the movie because we haven't seen the goddamn movie yet. So why are you putting quotes in that refer to something that happened in the movie and we don't know what's going on in the movie? That's what doesn't make any okay. sense. Well, the impression I got from from her saying that about the knee was just her referring to him being like an old man and he's already got a bad knee or something. You know, I, that's what I took it as. That's fine. You know, I mean, that's it is what it is. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, I look, I we're going to go see this shit and I hope it's awesome. I really do. I hope they put the effort into it. But there's uh, stuff that I read that they had some stuff that they uh, that were going to do beforehand. Like uh, that character who was talking down to him originally, she was going to be a 007. And, and, uh, and there was, I don't know, there was a weird Were shit you reading he, the rumors that she's the new 007? I can't remember what it was. That's it, probably what it is. And they were doing that with the whole fucking Idris Elba as the new 007 and all this other stuff before the movie even got started. Idris Elba is the new 007. This chick's the new 007. Are you offended? Like, really? Yeah. I mean, let's let's face some facts here. You know, th- having 007 as an established character and why he's the way he is is because of Ian Fleming. And if you don't read your, if you don't know the past, same thing that I keep saying about movie directors, the same thing that I keep saying about fucking musicians. If you don't know the character and where he's coming from, yeah. and then you start throwing all, and this is the media, the fucking media hate them. And then start throwing shit out there like, well, we need a black 007 and we need a black female 007 for diversity and whatever else. More representation. I don't care about the color of 007. 007's history and his background are, he's, his name is James Bond. He's 007. He was an orphan. He was brought in by whoever and that and his parents were killed. You have to, that has to be established. Mm-hmm. His parents were killed. He was in the, in, in, um, in the military in Britain and he fits a profile. That's how the 007 works. Yeah. And, and that, and that's my theory with the ever changing 007s. And if you don't have a character that fits that profile, then don't put the character in to change it just to change it. Like, I don't care if Idris Elba is, is 007 as long as you continue on with the same story. His parents were killed. He was orphaned. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. 
it has to fit the story. And that's all that matters with, with the 007. Even if it's a female, parents were killed in the military, fits the story. Mm-hmm. And and the media throwing all this shit out there about diversity and we need more of this and more powerful women and blah, blah, blah. I wish they would just shut the fuck up. All right. What do I know? So, yeah, then uh, on the same day, the uh, Wonder Woman 1984 trailer dropped. And I'll tell you what, that trailer was better than I, I thought it was going to be. I was surprised by it, but I'm pissed off about the fact that they really, they just spoiled the goddamn movie with Steve Rogers. Yeah, and uh, Steve Rogers? I don't think his last name was Rogers. Whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> but, um, for, you know, Chris Pine's character, like, there better be a good fucking explanation why his character's alive in 1984. Steve, and- Steve Trevor. And also why he's, you know, why they showed him in the trailer, you know. Time travel. It was explained right in the in, in the trailer. I don't remember. I, dude, I was watching that one when I was on my break at work and I was walking when I watched that one. So, on my phone. Yeah, it's Steve Trevor, not yeah. Steve Rogers. Steve <laughs> Rogers is Captain America. Which is funny because the first Wonder Woman is almost like a copy of the first, the first Avenger movie. So, you know, Captain America, the first Avenger. So... What does that have to do with Steve Rogers? Steve, Steve Rogers. Trevor? Steve Trevor. It, it's just funny to me. The similarities. Yeah. So, um... Anyway, yeah, I, I like the trailer. I love the 80s vibe, of course. Uh, it, it, yeah, I'm interested. I am. It doesn't look like it sucks. So I'm more interested in it than Aquaman. Yeah. I just, I mean, I don't know why they're, why they spoiled the Steve Trevor thing so early. I, oh God. I don't know. Insecure marketing, man. Yeah. It's, that's it what, what it is. seems like. So the only thing I could think is if he's in the entire film with her, then I could maybe see why. It they, looks like he is. You know, uh, but I, I, I just don't know. I Well, they brought him back from the dead because they need Steve Trevor anyway, so. Okay. So, uh, and then the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer dropped, which, uh, you know, it's Ghostbusters 3 technically, I guess. Okay, uh, so film theory. Uh, Whose house is it? Uh, well, it. I would say if I had to guess, I'll, I'll say Ray's. Why would you say Ray's? Why of all... Of of the three original, why would you say Ray's? I mean, I know where you're going with this, but why? Because Ray seems like someone who could live in the country and who might have family from the country. And the Ecto-1 is stored there, you know, so that just gave me the vibe that it, it would be Ray. Why? Because Venkman is more city-oriented. He, he loves being in the city. He loves being in the spotlight. He loves interaction with lots of people and shit. You know, he needs an intent. He needs an audience. You know, so I can't picture Vankman intentionally living in the fucking country. Okay. Um, Egon, I know that the, 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 the granddaughter is supposed to be his granddaughter in the movie, the girl, but, um, but I, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to play out. Okay. So who's Finn Wolfhard? I think Finn Wolfhard is just a fucking kid. It's his grandson. I think that the girl is his granddaughter and I don't. They're brother and sister. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't catch that in the trailer. I only watched it once though. So same thing. I watched it on my phone when I was walking. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Keep going. Well, I, I don't know what, you know, how far what the theory is. I, I just think that, uh, I think that, you know, uh, I, I think it's just raise house. That's all. I, I don't know where else I'm going to go with it. But you watched it on your phone once. So you didn't see everything. I'm going to make you watch it again. This time, not on your phone. Oh, I did put it on for Kendrick at home. So my theory is this. It's not the family home or that was, or it is the family home, but Egon in his research for Zool finds out about Shivo Shandor mm. and builds the house with all the stuff there and starts parking all the shit there. 
Because it's going to happen eventually. So, yeah, something's going to happen. Yeah. But that's the Ecto-1. Where's the Ecto-2 or Ecto-1A? Don't know. Exactly. So, he parks Ecto-1 there. Ghostbusters 2 happens. You, you get the next car, right? Yeah. And you have the Ecto-1A. And all the while that's going on, he's hiding all the equipment back at the barn. And if you noticed, the barn's roof had caved in, which means that the... The uh, containment unit collapsed, just like at Ghostbusters headquarters. Yeah. So whether they collapsed at the same time or within, or it, you know, because of old age or whatever else is going on, both containment units had collapsed because there's a containment unit that you saw when they're going through uh, 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 the barn with the spores and molds and whatever else like that. Yeah. And what if Janine? Is grandma? Yeah, uh, that that did pop in my head because you know, fuck Rick Moranis, <laughs> fuck Louis Tully. <laughs> I want them to bring Rick Moranis back, but I, and, heard, I heard that he might not be coming back, so I don't know. Well, you know, he he pretty much quit after his wife died. Yeah. So and then you saw the uh, return of the of the Devil Dogs. Yep. So a bear in his apartment. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, you know what? I I know that like the the fan the Ghostbusters fan of me wanted to see like, you know, the guys. But whatever, you know, this is a good teaser, you know, cuz it, it it gives you just enough to let you know that it's connected, but it doesn't give away enough to it it it, it, it teases you. You know, it kind of wets the uh what's the palate. So I you know, I'm I'm interested. It, to me, it looks almost like a, like a, what is it? Uh, Stoop meets Ghostbusters. That's the vibe I'm getting. There's also the international trailer, which has more footage. I did not see that one. All right. That's all I got. All right. So, yeah. I'm interested in the new Ghostbusters. Yeah. I want to see it too. And I think that it's going to be a fun movie. Hopefully it's directed by Jason Reitman and hopefully his dad got involved. You know, all, all of the other guys are supposed to be involved in it. So, yeah, that so, should be fun. So, hopefully he does it right, man. Shut up. <laughs> Good night.